Welcome to the Jane Bond Show, from execution to excellence. And I am your host, Jane Bond, the serial entrepreneur who will be sharing with you valuable life lessons and interviewing influencers from around the country who have broken through to success, along with giving you advice on navigating through the game. Guys, I know it has been quite some time, but we have been doing so much work behind the scenes. Also, we all have been dealing with this pandemic, but fear is not one that we take lightly. We have powered through this. So today, our topic is real estate reality. Our special guest shares with us his challenges of growing up in Alabama, along with his aspirations of what was to come. Even though he had a desire to play pro football, he fell in love with another game, the high stakes real estate game, and saw a clear path to what he really wanted and desired. Recently, he opened up what has become the largest black owned brokerage in Atlanta and has grown his company to over 170 agents in three short years. Without any further ado, I would like to introduce you to our special guest, Jeremy Norman of Norman and Associates. Hey, Jeremy, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. (laughs) (laughs) We made it. Thank God. Yes. Oh, man, it's a blessing. Blessing. It is a blessing, and God bless those who didn't make it, but thank God we are here and we're moving forward. Yeah, I'm yeah, so I'm, excited. I'm excited about 2021. Oh, I'm excited right along with you, Jeremy. It, it's, it's, I think um, the pandemic has made us all kind of sit back and regroup and reassess and, and decide that we were all going to move forward with no matter what was happening. Yeah, <laughs> we had to push through. <laughs> That's what we did. Come on through. So, everybody, I'm happy to be back here, and I hope you all had a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And bless you all. We're here to push through another year. Tonight, I have Mr. Jeremy Norman on the phone with me. Guys, this guy here is tremendous. I mean, our relationship started not too long ago, and we have quickly become close friends and allies. So I'd like to invite you to sit back and get ready to hear all about Mr. Jeremy Norman. And um, let's go, Jeremy. Let's dive right in. All right. I'm ready. (laughs) So, Jeremy, tell us a little bit about growing up in Birmingham. Oh, okay. Um, Growing up in Birmingham, um, and who all has been to Birmingham, uh, Birmingham was more centered around family. Um, So I had uh, three other siblings. Uh, My mother was a a single parent um, who uh, raised me, and my father worked as a uh, at the railroad, uh, Norfolk Southern Railroad. So he was on the railroad a whole lot, in and out of town, and making sure he provided for a family. Uh, but one thing I did, we, we we stayed around each other, and my mother always made sure that family was the top priority as of growing up in Birmingham. So I tell everybody, Birmingham is like that good old country family town. Uh, 
but I, I really enjoyed it. I had a good childhood. I don't think I've ever been to Birmingham, but I have been to Alabama, maybe just once or twice. I think I went to Jackson, Mississippi, and then on down to good old Alabama. Yeah, and I did yeah, have a good yeah, time. Must- that's most people. But I would tell everybody, I'm, my goal is to make uh, Birmingham one of the destination cities for everybody to come visit. <laughs> Fantastic. So it's a very uh, family-oriented place, Birmingham? Yeah, it really is. It really is. It's, a, it's about uh, family there. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not that big. It's still the largest city inside of Alabama. So it's a, it's a nice-sized city, but it's not too big. Um, and been centered around family and football. That's what we're really known for, football and family. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a great segue into my next question. You played football, didn't you? Yes, I did. I, I did. I, uh, I got a scholarship to play at a university called Jacksonville State University. It's up in Jacksonville, Alabama. It's probably about an hour and a half outside of Birmingham. So I went to college back in 2004 on a, on a scholarship. Uh, play college football up there, and actually that's where I discovered real estate. Really? And so how did you pivot from that? What what made you go into real estate outside of football? Well, I was while doing football, I was taking my degree in financing. Um, and uh, I remember like yesterday, it was my uh, junior year, I had to take another elective to go along with my financing degree and one of the options was real estate. And, and at that time, I really didn't know too much about real estate. Um, and so I was like, you know, it sounds interesting. And let me get into this real estate and find out a little bit more about it. So I enrolled into the real estate class. And um, I tell everybody, once I got in the class and, you know, the professor started teaching, I found myself going back to the dorm room and researching so much about real estate. And I said, wow, you're telling me. But they're selling shopping centers. They're talking houses, and and they're making this money for selling the house. I said, well, I'm a people's person. I could do that. And that's when I got I told everybody <laughs> I got bit with the bug. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, um, did anybody at home talk about real estate or financial literacy or generational wealth in your home, like in your household? <sighs> My mother always talked about the importance of saving. Um, but for school, um, I went to school, high school, and on the western side of Birmingham. So it was a Birmingham city school. So it wasn't we didn't have the top program. So I never was really talked about real estate, or never was really talked about balancing the checkbook and you know and all financial literacy. I learned a lot about that um, when I got into college. But my mother always talked to me about saving. So I knew some part I had to work on savings. Right. Yeah, my mom, she, she was the same way, always talked about saving. You had to save that money. So but yeah. you went into school when you got into college, even though you were, you know, playing football. What made you, you know, kind of go towards finance? Um, it, you know, I was always fascinated with numbers, you know. Um, okay. And so that's kind of, that was probably math was my greatest subject. <laughs> and so I said, I'm going to uh, capitalize on my greatest subject. So that's what really kind of drew me um, to financing. Um, and I um, didn't know that it would lead me into real estate, but um, but that's really why I was real good in math. And I said, okay, I can run a company. Okay. So after after college, you went into real estate. How did yes, you get into correct. the game itself? 
So, you know, I, while in college, I was, you know, like I said before, I was bit with that bug. Um, so I was taking a class, and the class wasn't enough hours to actually sit for the state exam. So I found myself paying for the online course at Jacksonville State, um, and, and I was literally going to practice throughout the whole day and then coming at nighttime in my apartment and uh, working on my real estate. So once I completed the class and, and took the uh, pre-licensed class there and then I was able to, uh, uh, to take the state test, I decided to make a bold move. I decided okay. to transfer away from Jacksonville State University and transfer to UAB back in Birmingham to go ahead and immediately get into real estate. Amazing. You know, that's really interesting because, you know, back then you didn't find too many young men, especially African-Americans that were going into real estate. I mean, of course, we knew the peoples and, and, and uh, the Pierce's, the people, you know, African-American men like that, that were in real estate way before we were and a few others. But, you know, it, I find it interesting that you went into playing football you know, kind of fell into your financial uh, finance degree part of it and then fell into the real estate aspect of it and then decided, wow, this is where I want to go. This is what I'm, you know, directing all my attention to. And I'm, you're, you're actually you were finding a passion for it, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. I did. It's, it's, um, it, it really intrigued me that, um, you know, these people were helping families moving to the home, and I was looking at newspaper articles. And at that time, you know, uh, we didn't have social media around, so I couldn't just go into my phone and see people sell real estate. Um, And I didn't know, like you said before, I didn't know any of African-American men or anything in real estate. So it was a totally career that I knew nothing about but just got into the class and felt like I had the quality to succeed in that. Because I believe that going to college is about finding out who you are, and what do you really want to do. Right, because a lot of people, you know, even myself, you go to school for one thing, and then you, next thing you know, you're shifting into something else because that doesn't hold your attention or you find your passion, you know, being drawn to another subject that you never even thought you'd be interested in. And also you're meeting a lot of different people, and they're telling you what they're doing. It sounds exciting or it doesn't sound exciting. So you kind of pivot. But you, you know, where you made your shift is amazing because you found your financial freedom pretty much. And like we said, you and I both, at being African Americans, we don't see a lot of us going in that direction, making that our target and just going for it. You know, you get your finance degree and possibly you think about Wall Street or you don't. Or, you know, you go to work for a bank or something. That was the M.O., but I think it's fantastic that you realized that you had the passion to go after real estate. So, yeah, this is good. Please continue and tell us what did you do once you got your license and everything. So uh, I, when I transferred back to uh, UAB, which is a college right in um, Birmingham, um, I went immediately into real estate. I found a company. Um, it was a smaller firm. It was probably about maybe 15 agents at the total firm. Um, so I was literally going in the morning time, getting there every morning at 8 o'clock. At that time, you know, I was a young uh, uh, energy ball, young man, really, really ready to get into it. So I would get there at 8 o'clock in the morning, uh, work all the way up until probably 2 o'clock, and then I would go take late afternoon classes. 
Uh, so I tell everybody, you know, you have that passion, you can do a little bit of both of them. So I split my time between school. and But I made sure right. that I picked all the classes, you know, somewhat in the late, late afternoon so I can have a chance to try to show a property before I go on into class. So I went directly back into real estate when I got to Birmingham. And what was that like for you when you first started getting out there and, and, and um, showing property and meeting people? Did you find that it was everything that you thought it would be and more? Uh, it, I found that it was going to be a little bit more challenging than what I thought. <laughs> the typical person <laughs> in real estate is thinking you're going to get in Absolutely. and you're going to sell a million-dollar worth of property within that first month. Uh, but I, I found that it was, it, it was going to be a little bit more challenging. On it, and tell like us if, about, tell tell us about some of your challenges. Well, you know, back in 2004 is exactly when I got into real estate. Um, we really didn't have social media with a lot of agents having right now. Um, so it was kind of like I said, everybody kind of like the old school days of like who you had a relationship with, with and going out and networking. So um, it, I, I didn't think I had my first sale for the first five months. Um, but I was the first one in the office every single day, and I was trying to work on learning the contracts and learning how to market, reading books. Um, so the first five months were just really development stages of it. Um, and, of course, you know, I wanted to sell within those first five months, but it just uh, <laughs> so happened that my uh, first sale came from actually um, um, the mother of my child cousin. So. I tell everybody, the majority of your first transaction is going to be a family member or friend uh, to kind of get you started. That's true. I didn't make my first sale as a real estate agent here in Naples anyway. Um, I think I sat in what we call the pit for three months, 90 days, just watching everybody and learning the contracts too and had big eyes and saying to myself, wow, when am I going to get the chance to you know, get out there and do it? But when I got the chance, I hit the ground like you running, and I was in the office 7.30 in the morning every morning, too, bringing yeah. in the newspaper and starting the coffee machine. So I get it. You put the work in, and it starts. So tell us about your first deal. Oh, I still remember it. <laughs> like it was just yesterday. I know, I know. Um, my first deal, like I said before, came um, the mother of my child. It was her, actually her cousin. Um, and it, agreed to, it wasn't a extremely large deal, um, and it was a $60,000 deal, but it felt like a $500,000 deal. I was so excited. <laughs> I, was, I didn't know exactly what to expect. I had my shirt and tie on, and walking into the attorney's office, didn't know exactly where to go, and sitting at the table, smiling hard, and, and I remember coming out of it, after here, here. and just saying, <laughs> yeah, I made it. <laughs> yeah. Listen, mine wasn't that yeah. much more, so I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that experience for you made you feel like you could just go out there and take it on after that. Yeah, that was the experience that I needed just to tell myself to keep going and you can do that. You can do Absolutely. it. You got it, Jeremy. Just keep going. And then Once after that first that year – yeah, after the first year within the company, um, I became the top salesman of that company for the next two years. See, that's what happens, all that hard work. you got to put the work in. Guys, you hear what he's yeah. saying? you got to put the work in. He was there at 8 in the morning <laughs> getting it eight done. 8 in the morning, getting yes, it done. <laughs> yes, 
That is awesome, Jeremy. I mean, listen, I see that you have really, you know, blossomed from there, and we didn't get to the meat and potatoes, guys. So from there, you um, got your license, and you got your license mm-hmm. in Alabama. Not only do you have your license in Alabama, you have your license in Georgia, and you just recently got your license in Florida. Tell us about, you know, right. your aspirations and your goals and you know, not only that, how long were you in the real estate game, the retail part of it, before you pivot into owning your own brokerage? And that's the meat and potatoes, guys. We haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I'm coming on um, January and May, uh, Mark, 17 years in real estate. And I started my brokerage three years ago, 14. I was in just a strictly sales agent. Um, for over, I would just say, 13 years before I decided it was time for me to start my own brokerage. And uh, but I got my brokerage license back in 2007. You know, three years you after like, uh, taking. You're like twins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I waited a while. I had my brokerage license in 2007, but um, it was literally 13 years before I decided it was time for me to start my own company. And what made you make that decision? I mean, I understand that totally, but our audience might not understand. You know, some people, we get our, I got my broker's license, and my thought process was I'll get my broker's license because it was like getting your bachelor's degree after your sales yeah. license. Yeah. And my thought yeah. process was I'll have it as security. Maybe one day when I'm 60, you know, I'll sit down and be a broker for one of the major companies. That was my thought process. So tell us what yours was. Yeah. Mine actually was, uh, I, I heard that they was about to change the test up on the broker's class, and they was going to require for you to have more hours, and you were going to have to take a, a class for it. And I said, okay, let me go ahead and get this broker to, a license done before they change the criteria, and then I can always have it whenever I'm ready. So it, it, it's nothing going to ever stop me when I'm really ready to grow, um, to just right. jump out there. So that was one part of my reason of going ahead and getting it uh, after three years of doing residential. I mean, three and years you know of the having test, the test, the, the broker's test was hard as hell. I ain't going to tell you. I, oh, my oh, uh, I still I remember that, too. That took, that took me on an emotional roller coaster, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so once you got your broker's license, you held it for a while, and you came to the decision just recently, you know, well, we wouldn't say just recently. You said three years ago to open your brokerage. Three Take years us on that ago. Three. three years ago, uh, yeah. When, three years ago. Um, you know, I was at Keller Williams, um, and I was um, one of the top Keller Williams in the southeast, and I was uh, led uh, in top producer in Keller Williams in Alabama. Um, and, I, and I was a part of the uh, luxury division in Keller Williams in Atlanta called Live Luxury. Um, and I was going to all these different uh, luxury events and traveling around to get education because I was always their relative. They never really stayed home. Anytime I felt like it was something that I could do networking and get some knowledge, I was there. So I was taking classes literally uh, around the United States. And, but every time I went to a luxury event, um, the percentage of minorities in these events were probably would say sometimes less than 1%. Um, and that yeah, always exactly. used to disturb me, like why not a lot of minorities are trying to get this education on luxury real estate or um, trying to come out of network. Um, and so that kind of literally sparked me into 
thinking about starting my own company because I literally didn't see more people like me in the spaces that I was in. Uh, and I felt like sometimes that they just didn't have the education um, to get in those spaces. Um, so that's where it literally sparked me to, now it's time for me to create that platform so they can be in those spaces. Oh, my God, you're so right. And same here, same here, Jeremy. You go to all these different events. You meet so many different agents from all over the country. I mean, I would go to ones in Las Vegas, ones in L.A., and you would have, we would have 5,000 agents there. And, we, I mean, of course, new agents like us at that time, we loved Keller Williams. Keller Williams had a platform or still does have a platform mm-hmm. that we can all relate to, and they have good education for agents that, you know, are just coming out. But, you know, you would go all around the country, and we wouldn't see anybody that looked like us. And exactly. I would be probably one of five in a room of 5,000, and I would just go, wow, this is amazing. So I, I totally relate, and that resonates with me because you're absolutely correct. And more African Americans, minority agents should look into this space of luxury because it, creates, it can create general, generational wealth, and I call it life-changing money. Because yes, it changes it's very life. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. I said, yeah, that, and that was another reason why I got into it. Um, I feel like, you know, as real estate agents, we get into um, real estate to use it as a source of funding different other projects. And one of the projects exactly. should be investing. And mm-hmm. um, if you're selling your traditional home, that's nothing wrong with that. But that's really paying the bills and maybe allowing you to go on a trip. Um, but when you start selling those luxury properties, then that's when you get the influx of capital to buy a property cash and have money to renovate that property and create that generation of wealth of what you're just talking about. Or you just have an ancillary income, you know. Income yeah. is important. Just mm-hmm. having that extra, you know, that's you can call it a side hustle if you want because that's what that's the new thing having a side hustle but when you're investing in properties you know whether it's here in your community or outside of your community or outside the state you live in and this is the business that you're in and i always tell agents you know you're buying other people's prop other people properties selling and buying them properties buy yourself something because mm-hmm. when you're able to invest money that you make in other properties, you have a different stream of income coming in. It allows you to yep, move yep. in a different way. So I, I totally agree with you on that. You know, if you're in the business of selling real estate, buy some for yourself and sell it. Or buy some for yourself and have an income stream. Exactly. Exactly. That's how I feel too. Absolutely. And you know, it's so good to see, you know, agents like yourself turn to bro- brokers and want to teach and educate other agents that look like us to understand what this business really means and what it can do for you on a, you know, huge scale. So I take my hat off to you. That's why you're here on From Execution to Excellence. (laughs) (laughs) You epitomize what we talk about on this show. (laughs) So you you, just don't feel like Absolutely, Jeremy. Listen, I love talking to my folks because it's important for us to get the word out and talk about um, financial literacy, and that's what this is basically, you know, 
creating generational wealth for our families and, you know, the people who come after us. And thank God we have people like you and others that you and I both know that have come before us to teach us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so we can learn. It's, it's all about learning. Absolutely. It's all about learning. So now you have opened up your brokerage and you've been in business for three years and you're expanding. So talk to us yeah, about that. Yeah. Um, well, the first two years, of course, has been in, um, I opened a, I started a brokerage in Atlanta when I first pushed out. Um, and I tell everybody I had humble beginnings on my start in Atlanta. Uh, when I first decided to start a company, uh, my idea was just to start off as a boutique company. So uh, I looked around and said, okay, what resources can I use temporarily now until I'm able to really push the company out? So I used uh, an apartment complex uh, conference room. Um, so I end up, you know, training every agent Wednesday at 11 o'clock that came over, and they'll get that good knowledge and then go directly back out there. Um, and then when I started kind of marketing the company out on social media, I started getting a lot of inquiries about people and other agents wanting to find out a little bit more about the company. And I told everybody I didn't have a physical office when I started. My office was literally Starbucks. Uh, so because I would tell every agent to, you know, <laughs> right. meet me for Starbucks. And so I knew the employees in there, and they knew exactly why I was in there. Um, and I started recruiting inside of Starbucks. Um, and then uh, within a couple months, we started growing a little bit of agents. And after the first year, um, the second year, I moved us into office space, and then we can continue to grow. And then I decided it was time for me to, you know, open something back up at Birmingham because they really weren't going to let me come back in that town unless I opened up something. So I ended oh, up opening up a well, oh, okay, so let's digress. You opened up in Atlanta first. Yes, and I then did. Went back I, to I Alabama. Didn't open, then went back to Alabama because I okay. felt like at that time Atlanta was going to, the product that I have of real estate company that I had in my mind, I felt like it would do better success in Atlanta first versus Birmingham on it. Um, Atlanta is, you know, a city where you have. Uh, some of the most successful minority real estate company. And I knew that my vision was to create a minority luxury real estate company inside of Atlanta. And I just felt mm -hmm. like that that city fit my product. And I knew that um, sometimes, you know, success in Atlanta spills over into Birmingham. So I knew that if we had success in Birmingham and in, in in Atlanta, it would spill over to Birmingham, which it did. Awesome. It's funny when you talk about your office was in Starbucks. I remember when I first started out um, as an agent, I can't remember who it was. One of my um, colleagues gave me a book called Seven Levels of Communication by Michael Mayer, and he started out in a restaurant and started building, and everyone knew him. So your story kind of reminds me of that. And he always says you find a place where it's like cheers. Everyone knows your name when you walk in, and they know that you're there, and they know where to find you. And all of a sudden they tell you, oh, that's Jeremy over there in the corner. He's a real estate agent. So that's awesome. And that's, here it is exactly. now. You built this, yeah, you know, built this beautiful company, um, you know, with people of color. I think it's fantastic. So tell us a little bit more about, what your aspirations are with um, your company, Jeremy? Uh, my aspiration is actually just to create a platform where minorities had the opportunity to dream big. Um, I, I feel like sometimes as minorities we get stuck into um, just feeling like we just want that average. 
Um, and in my company, um, I wanted to be a uh, company where I tell them it's no average for us. It's whatever we want it to be is what it's going to be on it. So I, I love to say that we, we created a, a platform or ecosystem where more minorities are recognized and more minorities are having a seat at the table and having an opportunity because you already know real estate is all about building relationships. Um, and I wanted to make sure that it, this company helped agents build relationships that, you know, if they want to sell a, a $300,000 home, they can. But if they want to sell a $10 million home, they can too at the same time. So that's exactly what I was uh, uh, going after and wanted my company to represent. Absolutely. You said if you come to um, Norman and Associates, you dream big or go home. <laughs> go home. And there's no other way than that. Right, right. That's awesome. So how do you, like you, I know you said you, your agents, you find a lot of your agents through social media, which is great, and social media is a, a great marketing tool also for, you know, any business. And pretty much to me, that's what social media is for and about. You know, if you're just doing your showing pictures of your dog, then it's probably not the right platform. But um, I see all the time, I see beautiful agents every day. You're recruiting like crazy. You're like a recruiting machine. And, <laughs> and they all look good, you know, and they all look professional. How do you, when you're looking for the agent, what are some of, what are some of your, what is your criteria? Okay. Um, you know, personality is the um, first criteria I kind of look for um, because I think that it's, it's two keys to success in real estate and, real estate, and the first one is personality. Um, I want to make sure that they have a great personality because if they don't have a great personality, they would never relate to anybody, and they would have a hard time generating relationships which equals success in real estate. So I'm real big off the energy that I feel from them and their personality. Um, so if they're bubbly, they're energetic, and they're dream big, I love those type of agents. Um, and the second thing, um, I love well-grooming, and I love agents who know how to market uh, um, because I think that in the second key to success in real estate is your marketing ability. You know, we are in sales. This is a sales uh, business, and we're selling a product, which is you are the product, and you're telling people how you can help them with making this a worry-free transaction. So, um, And then um, I, I love family, you know, if they're, they're real big on family because uh, we have – our two core values at our company are family and quality. Um, and the family comes back from Birmingham and having four other siblings. And uh, my mother always telling me to make sure your brother is taken care of, making sure your, uh, your sister is taken care of. And, um, and I just grew up with that value. Uh, and I look to see if our agents host that value inside of them. Um, because if I know if they're, you know, willing to help their colleague out, they're going to be more successful. I just believe in, the more people you help, the more successful you'll be. And then the quality is the part of making sure they look the part because you already know real estate um, is the image. You know, you want to present yourself in a, a high fashionable um, but loyal way. Um, and I just, those are the things that I look for. Okay. Well, you're a well-groomed, you know, well-spoken gentleman yourself. <laughs> and absolutely, when you go okay. out there, you want, yeah. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> Absolutely. We, I know. I try, too. When you go out there, you know, it's a representation of you also. It's what you have built and what you are, you know, uh, putting out there 
that's visible for people to see that's an extension of you and your business. So right now you're, you're recruiting real hard. You're doing everything you're supposed to do to build your company, and you're in Atlanta and in Birmingham. Let, talk to us about some of the challenges that you had, you know, when you first started out building your company. Uh, you know, I, I think the challenges that anybody has when they first start uh, building their company, no matter what type of company, is uh, access to capital. Um, you know, I didn't come from a family where I can uh, go to my father and say, hey, can I borrow $100,000? I had the idea on it. So I had to um, um, use the capital that I had, and I, and I told myself that I was going to allow myself to grow. Um, so sometimes when you get into business, you try to, you allow people to influence you to make decisions or rush the process before you really need to process to get started. So access to capital, I could say, was some of the, the things because I didn't have the capital to go out and push out into, you know, 2,500 square feet uh, office space uh, and buy office equipment and desks and tables. I you had literally had to use that first year as a building stone on it. So that's probably some of the challenges I had uh, with uh, starting the company up right there. Okay. And what about as far as um, competition in the area? Uh, competition, of course. You know, I was going up against the big dogs, uh, the Keller Williams, uh, the Bertha <laughs> Hathaway, uh, <laughs> Colwell Banker, um, and the, uh, all the other fat, uh, uh, discount brokerages, which was really, really popular at that time in Atlanta, and it was growing with the flat fee, and I was more of a commission-based company. Um, so I had to challenge you with them right there, but I knew um, that what I wanted to create in Atlanta, we were in a space of our own, um, which is to create that luxury, premier, minority-owned real estate company. So uh, I, I really just kind of zoned in on what our niche was and who we were to try to compete against the Keller Williams. So I, I remember yesterday, like yesterday, going up against the brokers at Keller Williams, and they were like, well, they don't have the systems. You know, they they used everything to kind of counter me, but I would counter them back. Well, we don't have it yet now, but you can grow with me. <laughs> and we're going to get them. <laughs> we're going to get them right. now. Just be patient with me. <laughs> Just hang with me so, a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah, so when I was recruiting in the beginning, um, I really, every time I met an agent, I would actually just tell them my vision, you know, right. what I, why I started the company. And I found out, People are going to follow you more about your vision. It's not about the company. It's if their vision aligns with your vision. And at that time, when I'm meeting agents and I told them my vision was to create a premier minority-owned real estate company that we had an option to choose when you first get into real estate or be with, they bought into that vision. So I tell everybody, make sure you, make sure you have a great vision, you know, and that's what people are going to follow when they believe in your vision. Absolutely. Do you find that um, some minority agents don't even think to come our way as all, brokers? All the time, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And why is um, that? Cause, because they think that uh, in order um, to be successful, in order to um, be able to sell to multiple race, 
that sometimes you have to be with a big-name firm. Um, and it's that scare factor that if I go with a minority company, that I won't be able to get into particular markets where I won't share that. Um, so, yeah, they, they do um, – they had a lot of uh, – they had a lot of fear on coming to a all minority owned real estate company. You got to remember, Jane, it right. wasn't no company like what I was trying to create in Atlanta, Georgia, where you have some of the you know most successful minority real estate company. Because I just don't think people felt like people was gonna buy into that type of model of a real estate company. You know, it's so interesting because Atlanta is such a you know, progressive city, I mean, we call it the Black Hollywood, and you have a lot of major minorities there that are very wealthy. And why wouldn't, you know, they come in your direction to buy and to sell with you if you have talented people? But, you're, but you know, what we're talking about and discussing here is minorities not even thinking about coming to be with a minority-owned company because they feel as though it's a stigma. But on the other side mm-hmm. of that coin, when, you know, our white counterparts go to look for a brokerage to be with, they don't think anything about it. They just not one go. Bit. Not you one know, bit at all. There, think, it's, it's no hesitation. Absolutely. And I just thought that we – we had to just, I had to do a job of just educating and letting them know that, hey, great, great word right there, (laughs) re-educating and letting them know that just you coming to a minority company is not going to stop you from reaching all your goals. And I I was explaining to each agent that whatever your goals are in real estate, your goals can fit within this company. And so that was the hurdle in the beginning part it's just making okay. them believe that their goals can fit inside of a company like what we were putting out there. And one, they have to believe in themselves more so than anything, because it doesn't matter where you are. You can strive. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, go through the roof. You can, you know, blow right through the cap of wherever you are. It doesn't matter. You just have to have the desire inside to do it. And if you have Correct. the same tools, it doesn't matter. Unbelievable. Yep. But, you know, I, I, think, um, I think it's changing. I think there's a shift going on. There's a movement going on where we are going in that direction, and we are looking at, you know, brokerages because there's a lot of agents that have turned brokers that are out there now. I know I'm seeing from, I, I say I've been in this business 15 years now, I'm seeing quite a few African Americans open their own brokerage, whether they're small or large, and doing, you know, well and even very well. <laughs> I mean, you and I know some of the same people, and I'm so pleased and happy to see it happening because it just puts them in the marketplace to do the same job. And we're yeah. also yep, and I'm seeing it too, and I'm loving it. I'm, I'm I, loving it too. I, 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 re- I remember four years ago um, think when I first started thinking about creating a company and um, we, like you said before, we didn't have that many minorities starting their own firms at that point. And now that I'm seeing four years later and I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, it makes me smile to see that more agents are taking, you know, a, a risk and stepping out there and starting their own brokerage. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of it. I am also. And you know, the narrative is changing. So that's a beautiful thing. 
And the younger people, you know, a lot of them have changed their whole thought process when it comes to finances and the whole financial, you know, uh, conversation with home, you know, at home and with family and friends. And they're understanding that they have to surround themselves with a certain type of friend or a certain type of group of people to take them to the next level also. So the narrative has definitely changed with among the young people. And they're looking yeah. and seeing things. I've never seen so many young African-American people wanting to be in real estate and having those conversations about buying and selling property and not even buying and selling property, wholesaling property, investing in property. I mean, the whole bag of tricks there, the whole conversation on financial literacy and generational wealth. Like I said, the narrative is changing, and people like yourself is helping grow that whole conversation, and I think is a wonderful thing. And so I take my hat off yeah. to you, Jeremy Norman. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. So where are you going from here? I mean, you are blowing us out of the water. You're doing your thing. and <laughs> I see you have, you know, you know, north of 160 agents, and I'm like, okay, I'm looking at your sales. You're doing really well. So tell us a little bit about where you're going from here. Um, what's next? Well, um, in Atlanta, we're, we're going to get ready to transition into a new office space, which I'm very, very, very excited um, on it. It's going to be like another chapter in Norman Associates Atlanta. Um, I get a chance to uh, get a little bit bigger space and do a little bit more grander uh, build-out for the agent. So I'm very, very excited on that. And then we still have Birmingham up and going good. And then uh, Miami, Florida, we're looking at to probably around fourth quarter of this year uh, to come in and you know, maybe put a satellite office and test the market out. So we're, we're looking for our next city to in, to expand to. But right now, we're, we're kind of buckling down on Atlanta. We have so much opportunity inside of Atlanta right now. We haven't even scratched the surface of what we can really be within Atlanta. <laughs> oh, yeah, because Atlanta is a yeah, very um, cool city to be in. You know, there's a lot of people there that are very educated and doing well, you know, and a lot of people coming in and out from L.A. and several, you know, several other major cities. I think it's fantastic. I've never really spent any, you know, a decent amount of time there, but from what I understand, well, it's a very Well, I have to get city. you up here more. Oh, I'm coming. Don't you worry. I'm coming to Norman and Associates. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what's going to happen in the future. So I see that you was nominated Entrepreneur of the Year in the city of Birmingham. Yeah. Tell us how that happened. Yeah, Minority. Yeah, yeah, on, yeah, wait yeah. a second. Let me get the title right. Minority Entrepreneur of the Year. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. I was excited about that. Anytime you get a chance to... Um, win a uh, award in your hometown. It was an honor. Um, uh, you know, somebody recommended me um, um, to uh, uh, apply for the uh, award, and I, you know, we uh, I got with my team and we put it together, and uh, they had a big banquet. This is pre-COVID, before everything kind of shut down. I remember yesterday, like it was yesterday, had my mother there and um, and my son and. And uh, we were just sitting there at the table, and when they called my name, it was like maybe one of the most wonderful feelings I ever had um, to win uh, Entrepreneurity Year for the city of Birmingham, which, you know, I grew up as a child and 
uh, going through the uh, streets and on the west side of Birmingham. It was just unbelievable feeling, and that was probably one of the most uh, rewarding rewards I have ever received outside of my CCIM. (laughs) (laughs) Was it full circle for you? It it was. It was. At that point, I felt like, I, I, I not almost I made it, but I, I, I'm, 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 I'm getting there. You know, I'm, I'm seeing a light at the tunnel moment right there, and that the, the future was bright for me. That was what, that was that moment right there. The future was bright. That's awesome. That's awesome because you you're watching it, you know, come full circle, and they're saying, you know, come on back home. We want to congratulate you. I think that's awesome. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, and coming full circle, and like you said, coming back to your hometown, you left your hometown to find your success, found your success, and even growing more, and they're saying to you, come on back, we want to give you an award, because you not only are you doing well there, you're bringing it back home, too. Well, congratulations, yeah, was... Jeremy. Thank you, Jane. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm excited. I'm, I'm honored to uh, have you in my circle uh, like you said before, you know, we, uh, people will probably think that we've uh, known each other for years, as how, how we kind of click <laughs> when we come together. Uh, but it's just been a genuine uh, friendship, and I'm, I'm looking for both of our futures to just to be so bright. Oh, absolutely. And you never know. You never know. I mean, we, we're both on the same train, bought a ticket, and there's no turning back. <laughs> but you know it's not at all. We we all in. Yeah. <laughs> We're all in. Oh, trust me, I'm so all in. <laughs> but um, you know, we never touched on your commercial part of your business mm. because that was huge for you. And yeah, um, I know you did well with that. Can you tell us a little bit about the commercial part of your business? That right now you're in residential and you're 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 in the whole luxury sector of it and bringing all your agents towards that. What are you doing as far as the commercial part of your business? So, you know, I'll start off, you know, after doing three years of residential in the beginning of my career, I decided that I wanted to learn more about commercial real estate because I used to hear commercial with a big money yet. <laughs> and so I said, well, that's where I need to be at then. <laughs> so I ended up leaving that firm and actually joining a minority uh, firm and and I I got a crazy story about my path into commercial real estate is because when I first decided that I wanted to go into commercial real estate, um, I reached out to just about every you know commercial real estate firm in um, Birmingham, and they all would not hire me. They they said wow. that they either we had enough agents or we're not bringing any more agents in on time. Um, so I literally couldn't get any of the larger commercial firms in Birmingham to hire me at that time. And so I ended up having to go with a firm that had a residential side and a commercial side just to get the knowledge. It was a company called LEH, and I'm so thankful that they took an opportunity to allow me to come into the commercial division. So I ended up doing commercial real estate, working it for four years, doing my four years in commercial real estate. Um, I was the first minority to get inducted in Club X because I had a chip on my shoulder. Um, you know, I'm in this industry where they wouldn't even allow me to even get a foot in the door to be with the top technology companies in commercial real estate. So I told myself that I was going to outwork them. I literally did. I took it similar like I was in residential. I was in there at 8 o'clock in the 
morning, working sometime at 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and then okay. uh, I decided to pursue my CCIM because I knew that I needed to get a little bit more knowledge. And at that uh, it still is. CCIM is the highest commercial definition that you can get. It's kind of like almost getting your master's in uh, commercial real estate. So I ended up pursuing that and ended up getting my CCIM. And that's to say that was one of the most rewarding awards I ever got a, a certification I got right there because I knew that all the work that I put in to actually get that uh, award and the portfolio of work I had to submit on it. So I ended up doing that, and I knew that at that time that I needed to make sure that I was diverse in every angle of real estate and just in case my client wanted to buy an apartment complex or wanted to buy an office building or, you know, or any type of development that I can be there to service that. So um, I tell everybody, you know, I got my broker's license in 20, 20, I got my broker's license in 2007, but I didn't, of course, use it until about 2016. I developed my craft along the way. So I learned commercial, I learned residential, I learned this along the way. So when it came to my own brokerage, I had already had the experience in every type of angle of real estate it was. Absolutely. So do you have a commercial department or division within we do. Norman and Associates? We do. Yes, we do. We have a uh, we have a, a commercial division because, you know, of course, we have a sports and entertainment side of things. And I knew that some of the athletes were going to need um, uh, investment property. You know, they may want to buy an office uh, building or an apartment complex, and we need to be able to service them. So we do have a commercial division, and we just put a uh, restaurant uh, in Atlanta, a restaurant called Neo's. And so if you're up in New Orleans, it's a popular restaurant called Neo's in New Orleans, and they have a location in New Orleans and Houston, and we just brought uh, and helped them with a tenant rep in um, uh, Atlanta. So we are very active in the commercial arena. Awesome. And do you find um, agents that are interested in the commercial division that come in from, oh, you yeah. know, that come in with, uh, you know, the whole thought of I want to sell luxury uh, residential, high-end residential, and they find themselves kind of moving and looking and piercing over at the commercial division? All, all the time. You know, all the time they get, you know, well, somebody reach out to them saying, hey, can you help me find off? you know, a, a, a daycare or you help me find a retail. And that's when they normally get kind of the bit with the bug uh, of commercial real estate or when they see one of our commercial agents, you know, close out on a transaction and that gives them that bug too. So I see it all the time. Right. Yeah, because, you know, the difference between commercial and residential is night and day. You have to really know how to run those numbers because that's all that matters is the NOI on, you know, investment properties and commercial properties. Investors, all they want to know is the bottom line, and, you know, the numbers don't lie. Residential, you can finagle and, you know, move those numbers around a little, but the commercial part, that's something completely different. What is the bottom line and what is my return on, you know, my investment? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. ROI is everything. <laughs> so uh, that's awesome. That's really awesome, Jeremy. I, I think you're doing an amazing job. I, Atlanta, it should be happy to have you there. Um, open arms. I, like I said, I see you on social media, burning rubber as far as recruiting is concerned. You know, I'm going to have you come over here and help me out a little bit. <laughs> you're like a recruiting machine. Every time I turn on my phone in the morning, I'm, I see another red and white, another red and white. I'm like, that's Jeremy. <laughs> I think it's awesome, though. 
I do. I think it's really awesome. You know, Jeremy, I am so happy I was able to get you because I know how busy you are, and um, I'm so proud of you. I'm, I'm honored to know you, and I'm very blessed to have you in my circle also. And I wish you all the luck in the world because, you know, it, this is not an easy industry we're in, and we know it's about management of people. And you, you know, invest in people, and hopefully people will invest back into what you have to offer and, you know, stay with you and grow with you because you, you definitely are a, you know, beautiful human being. You definitely have a giving heart. And on top of that, you're a good businessman because we can see how you're flowing. <laughs> so, I, like I said, thank you so much for coming on, you know, from execution to excellence. And I know you're going to be very successful. I pray that you get everything, you know, that you put out there and much more. And I'm glad. Have a blessed, happy new year. And keep rocking, brother. That's what I can All say right, to you. Thank you, you so rocking. much. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. I enjoyed it too. Absolutely. So I want to leave my audience with one other thing before I ask you to share your information. Jeremy, if there was one thing that you would have people ask themselves on a daily basis that's trying to break through to success, whether it be real estate, you know, uh, investments, uh, marketing, whatever their aspirations are, acting, whatever. What would you have them ask themselves on a daily basis? What question? What, if they had one question to ask themselves. Um, is it your passion? Is this my passion? The, the, the reason why is um, if you ask yourself if it's your passion and you respond, yes, it is, you're going to find the, 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 the little energy that you have to keep on going. You know, um, the, the reason I was able to keep going in real estate because it became my passion. I enjoyed it. I didn't feel like I was working. And so I believe that, you know, you ask yourself, if this is something I really want, is this my passion? And then um, if it is, it will inspire you to keep on going. Absolutely. Guys, I hope you hear that. It has to be a passion behind it, and the purpose always come along with that. So that's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing to leave us with. So Mr. Norman of Norman & Associates, Alabama and Atlanta. <laughs> that's Birmingham, Alabama. I am so happy that you have come on to from execution to excellence. I find that you are the epitome of what we put out here on from execution to excellence on a monthly, daily basis. Guys, I'm so happy to be back so I can share some of these beautiful stories and people with you. Jeremy, before you leave us, please let our audience know where they can find you, how they can get in touch with you, and what you're going to be doing soon. Okay. Well, the easiest way to re, uh, find me is you can actually look me up on Instagram, and uh, the name is uh, Jeremy, that's J-E-R-E-M-Y, underscore realtor. It's real simple, Jeremy, underscore realtor. You can send me a message through there, and um, that's the best way to contact me. And your website is? Normanliving.com. So that's N-O-R-M-A-N-L-I-V-I-N-G. Dot com. So normanliving.com, you can find me there too. All right, and I'm going to plug a little bit more. Guys, if you are looking to be an agent or you are an existing agent and you are looking to change because you need a change, you know where to find him. 
at Norman and Associates. Yeah. He's in Birmingham, Alabama, and he's in Atlanta, Georgia. Great company, yeah. great brother, good business, and you can grow with him. And that's what he's looking to do with you guys, grow together. Jeremy, yeah, thank you so together. much for coming on. Yes, thank you so much for coming on from execution to excellence. And I wish you all the luck in the world. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview with Jeremy Norman. You can follow Jeremy on Instagram at Jeremy underscore Realtor. And also visit his website at normanliving.com. Jeremy, we want to say we are so proud of you for the work you are doing in the community. This is definitely what we call from execution to excellence. Please, guys, leave us a review on iTunes, and we definitely look forward to bringing you our next episode of From Execution to Excellence. And until then, we look to hear from you.